Today on Hands-On Photography, I have some feedback from you, the loyal Hands-On Photography listener, and I think this information is going to be quite helpful for all of us in the Hands-On Photography community. Y'all stay tuned. Podcasts you love. From people you trust. This is Twit. This episode of Hands-On Photography is brought to you by Nureva. Nureva has simplified everything about meetings and classroom audio. You get great audio and systems that are easy to install and manage. Visit Nareva.com slash twit and get 50% off one Nareva HDL 300 system for mid-sized rooms when you get a live online demo and buy before December 16th, 2022. Hey, what's going on, everybody? I'm Matt Pruitt, and this is Hands-On Photography. Hey, I hope you're all doing well. I'm unbelievable as always. Another fine Thursday where I get to sit down and share different tips and tricks to help make you a better photographer and post-processor. Thank you all for stopping on in and hanging out with me each and every week. It does mean a lot. Appreciate you sharing out the show to all of your friends and family and even your enemies. Just keep growing the hands-on photography community. I really do appreciate it. Keep leaving the ratings and, and, and the likes and all that good algorithmic stuff. Really do appreciate that. But let's go ahead and get started with this week's episode. This is a bit of feedback that I got from one of our probably one of our more more loyal hands on photography listeners uh, or viewers, because, yes, this is a visual show. That is um, Mr. David Benedict sent in the email. So let me go ahead and switch my screen so we can check out his email. The email says, hi, Ant and Hop Crew. I just watched the Luminar Neo versus Lightroom video, and it reminded me of software. Okay, so let me pause for a second here. Yes, Luminar Neo, Lightroom, that episode. Yeah, and I did that quite a a while back. I know. So, yeah, Mr. Benedict, I know you sent this email a while back, and I'm just now getting to it. I appreciate you sticking with me (laughs) and being a loyal listener. But yeah, everybody that sends emails, I appreciate it. But yeah, I get to them as fast as I can. Okay, I digress. Back to the message here. Uh, It continues. When my wife was getting some professional headshots done at her work before I became more serious about photography, she knew I was starting to become interested in photography. And so she asked him what they use for post-production. He mentioned Portrait Pro software, and he gives me the link there. Uh, They are currently on version 22, he believes, and I think it has been around for quite a while. They also have a few other bits of software which could be useful for some of the hop community, Portrait Pro Body, Landscape Pro, and so forth. So I thought these might be good to review as the price is relatively cheap compared to the subscription with Adobe and etc., Hope you are creating and dominating. Signed, Mr. David Benedict. Yeah. Hey, Mr. Benedict, thank you for sending that over. Um, And thank you for letting me know about Portrait Pro. I did take a look at it. I actually took a look at this. um, It was a little while ago. And unfortunately, I had to wipe my computer. So I lost that app. (laughs) But I did reinstall it again recently uh, so I could show it off on the show because it is an interesting app. Uh, if we go to their web page here, let me see. I could pull up their web page uh, It's Portrait Pro. And this is a pretty interesting piece of software emphasizing 
portraiture. Okay. And they lean heavily on the, the power of AI. Okay. And we've talked about AI in photography before. And some people assume that AI is just going to ruin photography. And that's totally wrong. You ask a photographer that's working and creating um, content to get paid and, and live off of it. They love the idea of AI stepping in to help speed up their workflow. And that's exactly what's going on here with Portrait Pro. Again, it's just uh, leaning on portraits and everything is just you pop it in and gives you a quick fix, if you will, because when you're dealing with portraiture, you have to look at things like the way the, the subject is lit up. Uh, skin retouching is a big thing and, and details on the eyes and uh, depth of field. All that good stuff comes into play. And yes, it's quite easy to fix that stuff in Photoshop. Well, it's easy for me because I've been doing it for so long. But for people that are just getting started, there's a lot of one click options in here. And just it's it works pretty well. I, I, I must say that I am impressed. And as he mentioned, you know, there's a couple other different options that they offer as well in this package. Uh, so like, like I said before, here is natural skin smoothing, realistic digital makeup. Like, look at this here. This is adding, you know, blush to this lady's cheeks and, and just the, the uh, lipstick. All of that looks tastefully done. Looks very, very high end, even down to doing um, the lighting on it, because sometimes having that that beauty dish on your model doesn't always work out. Well, at least not for me anyway. That's why I don't use a beauty dish. But sometimes when I've shot with a beauty dish, beauty dish would give me this really, really hard light on my subject. Um, so that's why I usually opt for softbox like this and being able to adjust that lighting with just a click is pretty daggum slick here. But yeah, they got stuff for hair color and, and the eye enhancement. The eye enhancement was pretty good. I'm not I'm not going to sit here and say I'm totally sold on the eye enhancement because that's something I take pretty seriously from a detail standpoint. And I really enjoy being able to pull out my Wacom stylus and going in and doing what I need to do regarding eyes, because a lot can be, I guess you can say, said for or sold just based on how the eyes look inside of a portrait. You know, there's a reason all of the camera man, camera manufacturers today, when they're setting up the autofocus, they have eye autofocus because they want you to lock on the eye because that's that usually makes or break an image, a portrait. That is good stuff here. Smart filters. You can even put this into Photoshop as a smart filter if you want to. But again, his aspect was for someone that doesn't have Photoshop, someone that's just, you know, when they get started and don't want to pay $10 a month or anything like that. So I thought this was a pretty good idea. And uh, we'll put some links in the show notes uh, that's going to let you see a little bit more of what's going on, because they got a couple of different packages here in varying prices. Uh, if I switch over here. At the time of recording, you can get the standard for 55 bucks and in the studio for 85 and the studio max for 170. But I will say also at the time of recording, I went to try to buy this a little bit earlier, earlier today, and it was offering a discount, a nice discount, almost 50 percent. So you may be able to catch a good discount depending on when you see this episode. All right. So. Without further ado, I want to switch back and take a look at the um, the software and just, you know, let you see that the ins and outs of the user interface and so forth. Because, again, I think it's pretty slick and anybody can just sort of pick it up and get started with it quite easily. But before I do that, I have a sponsor to thank. 
Let's take a few minutes and give a shout out to the fine folks at Nareva. <laughs> Today's IT pros are in a tough spot. The shift to hybrid working and learning means that they must equip and support more spaces with audio and video conferencing systems. At the same time, they're busier than ever with network security, the shift to cloud-based solutions, infrastructure issues, and a whole lot more. These factors, along with the product shortages and delays, have put an unprecedented strain on IT resources. You know, the people, (laughs) the time that they have, the expertise, and the budgets. This has driven consumers to demand intelligent products that require minimal effort from IT to deploy and manage at scale with the bonus of requiring zero end user training. That is big. You don't have to train up the end user. When it comes to audio conferencing in large spaces, it's common to be faced with a multi-component system that's really overcomplicated and, and quite costly to design, install, maintain, and manage. Nareva is changing that by offering solutions that deliver a high level of simplicity. With Nareva, you get true four-room mic pickup from just one or two microphone and speaker bars. Compare that to the complicated maze of multiple mics, speakers, amps, DSPs, switchers, and a whole mess of cables all over the daggum place. You can, oh, this is just so much better. You can install a Nareva system in most spaces in less than 30 minutes. Now, if you have a larger space, you're probably going to need, you know, about an hour or so because you want to put in two of the Nerevas. Now, it's amazingly simple. There's no special expertise required. It's pretty much a DIY setup. Compare that with installations from traditional systems that can take take your room offline for days. And some traditional systems may require you to go from room to room and use some sort of complicated software just to get connected and be heard. Oh, so annoying. With Nareva, you can monitor, manage, update, and adjust all your Nareva systems from a powerful cloud-based platform called Nareva Console. Nareva is very scalable for large organizations, and their systems cost a fraction of a traditional system. And now you can get 50% off one Nareva HDL 300 system for mid-sized rooms when you get a live online demo and buy before December 16th. 2022. Visit com slash twit. That's N-U-R-E-V-A dot com slash twit. And I appreciate Nareva for supporting today's hands-on photography episode. All right, so let's go ahead and open up Portrait Pro 22 and just play around with an image here. So let me switch my screen. All right, so over here on the right hand side, pretty straightforward. You just can open up a batch of images or a single image. I'm just going to do one um, a batch batch editing. I've spoken about that before on the show. That's another way of speeding up your workflow. If you're doing a group of images of one subject matter in the same controlled lighting, so on and so forth. So good to get good little tip there, but I don't need that for now. I just want to do the single image. So let's click on this one here. We've seen this image before. Use this image when I spoke about frequency separation. And as you can see, the AI has already figured out, okay, this is a female. And it's just sort of analyzing everything that's going on in the scene. And over here on the left hand side is the original version of the of the image. And on the right is 
the process version of it. It's already gone through and done a little bit of processing and retouching to make this image look a little bit better. And for the most part, I would be totally done with what it came up with without even doing a, a an adjustment or anything like that. This looks good. I mean, you're looking at her skin and it's smoothed out uh, in comparison over here on to the left. Uh, looks like they did a really good job of frequency separation and just really removing any of the, the blemishes. And if they are, if there are any blemishes on the screen, they're, 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 they're tiny. They're just, but they're, you know, they're still there, but they're not like oh, in your face and, and not looking very good. It's a nice blend here. And you can, if you want to, you can do some spot removal, but I think they've done a really good job here. So let's look over here at the little console and the controls. Uh, you got a shape here is if you want to change the shape of someone's nose and their face and, you know, really dial in the shape of the face. Sometimes that happens. Someone's cheeks may be a little bit too puffy. And every now and then you might want to try to squeeze the cheeks down a little bit just to do a little bit of a face slimming and things like that, even down to how their their head is shaped. So I'm just going to drag the slider and see how it goes like that so I can hide this. And if I pull it back, like so, I don't know if you can see it. It's really, really subtle. So if I put, take a look right here at her jawline next to her ear and take a look at her chin as I make these adjustments. So I'm going to increase it. And you see how it's moving her jawline and, and pulling her chin inward a little bit. That may be something that's useful. I don't think it is with this person, but it's an option. And a lot of times when you're dealing with these these AI tools, you're dealing with speed. And I got to I got to tell you that this one from a speed standpoint, it seems to be fairly quickly. You know, it's playing around with plumping up her lips because sometimes they want fuller lips. I don't think that looks good, but it's doing a decent job of keeping it subtle so I could find a happy medium. And just sort of play around with it looks good. Go down to the skin smoothing. As I said previously, the skin smoothing already looks good. Um, it allows you to view the mask that they applied here. If I just click on this mask like that, it shows you where it made it made its selection. And look at how great the selection is. You know, she has her hairline here and it's going all the way into the, the, the edge of her hairline and just really, really did a nice, neat selection. I got to tell you, opening up Photoshop and trying to select the hairline, dude, that's not, I'll let y'all do that. I want no part of that task. This AI did a really good job of selecting that. It's so smooth and so accurate here, uh, even down to where it didn't even select their lips because most of the time you don't do skin retouching on their lips. If anything, you're just going to, you know, enhance like lipstick or something like that, but you're not trying to smooth that lips. Good thinking, AI. Um, so let me turn this mask off here. Okay. All right. So you could play around with the, with the uh, skin and just brush things in a little bit more if you want, like so, and just allow the AI to process the brush strokes. And it's pretty good. Just click. Okay. I'm done there. Uh, again, this is, I can't really say too much about this. This, this product has everything you would need from a portrait standpoint. Uh, focusing on mouth, focusing on skin, focusing on eyes, nose, so forth, and hair. Uh, you can't really say much about that. Now, the eye part of it, 
I like what they did here with the details. So let's see. You have the the uh, eye whitening part. Always retouch the eyes and make sure the, the whites of the eyes are actually white. And this did a good job by not overdoing it because right there I've overdone it. That's that's just that looks totally fake. So let's dial it back. The AI, the AI knew better there. OK, so then if you take a look at, say, like the color of the eyes and the irises and things like that, you can change all of this. So I'm going to look at the left eye here because the left eye is closer to the to the lens. And if I pull it up a little bit more. That looks pretty good. I would like to be able to dial into that a little bit more because um, I think I could round it out just a touch more around the iris because what I'm trying to do is create a little bit of light at the bottom of our iris because the light is shining over her head down towards the, you know, going towards the bottom of her eye. So it should give you a little bit of a reflection down there uh, if you don't have like a eye lighter uh, modifier in front of her and this one it, it did okay I w it's better than what most people would do on their own I'll say that but I would still like to go in and redefine that just a little bit more dialing it in with the stylus but yeah that that's this tool is pretty good and I love all of the different AI tools built into it and again it's something anybody could use if they're just trying to get started with portrait retouching and save a lot of money. When I looked at the pricing again, it started at about 55 bucks all the way up to 170 bucks. You can, that's basically a one-time purchase and you will get updates for free, but they're only for minor updates as mentioned on their website. So if you got version 22, like this is version 22.1, 22.5 or what have you, those updates will be free. Once you go to a major update like version 23, then you're going to have to buy a new license. That's pretty similar to the model that Adobe has with their elements package. It's a little bit less expensive than getting these subscription costs, uh, but you still get a decent amount of functionality uh, that the full professional grade product offers. So take a look at it. This is Portrait Pro 22. Again, I'll have a link here in the show notes. And um, yeah, thank you to Mr. Benedict for sending that over because I've, I've seen that before, but I never really took a dive into it until I got your message. And I'm glad I took a look at it and I'm glad you shared it because the community can benefit from this one. Just 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 because I know everybody's not willing to pay for that subscription fee that I pay every month to the folks at Adobe. <laughs> All right, everybody, that's going to do it for this week's episode. Thank you so much for the continued support. Again, keep sending your emails to hop at twit.tv. Again, the email address is hop at twit.tv. Send your questions, send your comments, your feedback, tips like this. Uh, if you have image critiques, you can send in your images and I'll critique them. But if you have images that you're fine with being shared on the show, please mention that in the email because a lot of times I get images from you folks and they're just absolutely beautiful. Um, but I don't have your consent to share them on the show, so I don't bring them up. So this just keeps sending them in hop at twit.tv. Also give me a follow over on social media. I'm ant underscore Pruitt on Twitter. I'm also ant underscore Pruitt on Instagram. And if this is your first time catching the show and you enjoyed this episode, go ahead and consider subscribing in whatever podcast app you're using. Uh, we're on Apple. We're on Spotify. We're on uh, YouTube. So just go ahead and subscribe in any of those. And if you have a rating option, 
please give me a rating. All right. I appreciate that. Five stars really does help out the show. All right. That's going to do it, folks. Thank you again for the support. Thank you to my man, Mr. Victor, for making me look and sound good each and every week. Hey, safely create and dominate. And I'll see you next time. Hey, I'm Rod Pyle, Editor-in-Chief of Ad Astra Magazine, and each week I join with my co-host to bring you This Week in Space, the latest and greatest news from the final frontier. We talk to NASA chiefs, space scientists, engineers, educators, and artists, and sometimes we just shoot the breeze over what's hot and what's not in space, books, and TV. And we do it all for you, our fellow true believers. So whether you're an armchair adventurer or waiting for your turn to grab a slot in Elon's Mars rocket, join us on This Week in Space and be part of the greatest adventure of all time.